Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast? If you have, the best answer for doing one is Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, posting, and distributing your podcast. Anchor is available to download for your Apple or Android devices, or you can go to anchor.fm. Best of all, it's 100% free and so easy to use. So what are you waiting for? If you want to start your own podcast, download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. Anchor, the best way to make your podcast. is the Mofobo Network Podcast, bringing you the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. Now, here's your host, Neil Villapiano. What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome back to another episode of the MoFobo Network podcast here on Anchor and or Spotify. As always, thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day to take a listen. And uh, yeah, it's it's been about a week. You know, I, I unfortunately last week I wasn't able to do any episodes. Um, you know, we had a, a more or less a tropical storm come through my area and we lost power for a couple of days, so I was unable to do any sort of podcast or YouTube episodes for last week. So I apologize if anybody was wondering what happened to, you know, the never, but we're back here today with, you know, a brand new week, a bunch of things going on in the world of sports. Today, we're going to primarily be talking about the game of hockey. And we're going to be talking about two different things. Number one, we got through the Stanley Cup qualifying round and now we are down to the final 16 teams to begin the legit real NHL playoffs which actually starts today so that's why I'm recording this I'm going to try to get it out prior to the first game which is at 3 p.m eastern uh, between the Columbus Blue Jackets and Tampa Bay Lightning I believe is the first game so I'm going to try to get this out so I'm recording this about two hours or so prior to puck drop so this will be pretty quick that you guys are going to hear this episode. We're, so we're going to go through each series and we're going to talk about who's going to win. Uh, I already made my predictions for everything before, but you know I'm going to go round by round. Uh, and this, this episode is going to be about going through the quarterfinal. We are also going to be discussing who finally won the first overall pick in the 2020 NHL draft, the Alexis Lafreniere sweepstakes and ladies and gentlemen with the first overall pick in the 2020 NHL entry draft the team that won it was the New York Rangers yes the New York Rangers for the first time since 1965 have won the first overall pick in the NHL draft and for those of you that don't know, and I'm sure some of you do, but for those of you that don't, I am a big New Jersey Devils fan. I live in New Jersey. I've been a Devils fan my whole life. And obviously, our biggest rival is the New York Rangers. 
And I think looking at some of the teams that were in this draft lottery, the Rangers were certainly one of the ones we were hoping did not win the first overall pick. But they end up winning the number one overall pick, and they will have the opportunity to select the French-Canadian star Alexis Lafreniere from Rimouski Oceanic, who is the same junior team that Sidney Crosby came from when he was drafted back in the day by the Pittsburgh Penguins, who, interestingly enough, also had a 12.5% chance to get the first overall pick in this year's draft. And it would have been sent. So let's, let's jump into this. Let's start really, you know, dissecting what happened last night. So for those of you that, you know, I, you know, if you lived under a rock, which I mean is, you know, is unlikely, but if you just happened to not know uh, what happened last night in the draft lottery, it was actually held last night, August 10th uh, at 6 p.m. Here is what you need to understand as we build up to this. So the phase one of the NHL entry draft was held about a month and change ago. And we came to the, we came to it and it was basically down to the seven teams that did not make the playoffs, which were the Buffalo Sabres, the New Jersey Devils, the Anaheim Ducks, Ottawa Senators, Detroit Red Wings, and the Los Angeles Kings, and as well as the San Jose Sharks. But the Sharks in the trade that they made to acquire Eric Carlson ended up giving up their pick to the Senators. So the Senators had two chances to get the number one overall pick, or at least the top three pick. And also, there were going to be a handful of placeholder teams. So at that point, we didn't know who those placeholder teams was until, you know, basically yesterday when all the eight teams that were eliminated in the qualifying round were officially eliminated. But when the first draft lottery happened, it came down to Ottawa getting the third overall pick from their pick from San Jose. The Kings, the Los Angeles Kings, got the second overall pick. And a placeholder team won the draft lottery. So that meant that we had to go to a phase two of the NHL draft lottery, which was held, like I mentioned yesterday, August 10th, 2020. And we had to wait till the end of the qualifying round to find out what those teams were going to be. And we would go into a second lottery, which meant that all the teams involved in that second lottery would have an equal 12.5% chance of winning the draft lottery. The teams that were involved were the New York Rangers, the Nashville Predators, Florida Panthers, Minnesota Wild, Pittsburgh Penguins, Winnipeg Jets, Edmonton Oilers, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, if you are a big hockey fan and you understand about you know, fan bases and things like that, there's obviously some teams that I mentioned that most of the hockey world did not want to see get the first overall pick, primarily because some of them were Stanley Cup playoff competitive teams. And they didn't need, nor did they deserve in any way, the first overall pick. And, and I'll just name a few. Uh, I don't think Pittsburgh needed it. You know, obviously with Sidney Crosby and Getty Malkin, they don't need, you know, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers have had so many first round picks over the last decade that it just kind of feels like, let somebody else have it. The Toronto Maple Leafs have so much talent, including a former number one overall pick in Austin Matthews, 
And it just, you know, it, it, was, it was not that way. Then you had the Predators and the Rangers who were kind of on the fence, you know, could kind of go either way, whether they, whether they deserved it or didn't. And then you had the Florida Panthers and Minnesota Wild and also the Winnipeg Jets, who I felt like those three teams were the ones that really needed that first overall pick. The Panthers, the, they have Jonathan Huberto, they have Barkov, they still have, at least for now, Mike Hoffman and Evgeny Dadunov, but they don't have a major star that they can build around other than Sergei Bobrovsky, but that's a stretch, to be honest with you. So they really could have benefited from getting a, a franchise player. The Minnesota Wild have some really good talent coming up. You know, you have Kevin Fiala, who's done really well. You have Kaprasov coming from the KHL, so that's going to be, you know, obviously very exciting. And they nearly were able to come back against Vancouver in the qualifying round and win. I thought for a while there they were going to find a way to win that series, but it turned out to not be the case in the end of the lottery. But I think that they needed a, a, a talented player like Lafreniere to come there and try to, you know, Get, get even more excitement into Minnesota because I feel like with Billy Garrett as a general manager and the way he's been doing things, they're definitely on the rise. So, I de so I'm definitely excited to see what Minnesota could do. But Minnesota would have also very much benefited. Winnipeg would have been an interesting one because the Jets still have Patrick Liney, Mark Scheifele, Blake Wheeler, Josh Morrissey, Andrew Kopp, Nikolai Ehlers. They still have a lot of talent. They have lost some really good talent you know, Jacob Truba, Dustin Bufflin, a couple of guys like that uh, in the last couple of years or basically last couple of months, to say the least. But the, the Jets definitely could have benefited from it because you could have put Lafreniere on the second line, you know, and he would have more favorable matchups. So that would have been a team that maybe was a little bit more on the fence like the Predators and the Rangers. But definitely the Wild and the Panthers were the two teams that I thought that needed Lafreniere the most. Because I think when you always go into these draft lotteries, you always try to figure out, what teams really could benefit from getting a, you know, a talented player like an Alexis Lafreniere? You know, and you look at it. So when, it's, when the phase two of the draft lottery began, it basically went this way. Instead of it being behind the scenes where they already did the lottery and then they were just going to flip open a card and say it, they were going to do the lottery itself in person on TV so that people could see it. Why did they do this? I think, I think the major reason was because they the NHL was trying to show the regular fan, you know, like myself, who, who was a little bit paranoid, you know, to say the least, that, it, that the lottery wasn't rigged. So the thing that was painful about watching it was that every single ball, there were obviously eight balls there that they were going to put in the machine to do the lottery. They basically had to have the commissioner of the National Hockey League, Gary Bettman, confirm that that was the right, that that was the team's ball. And it was just a stupid thing that I felt like it was just time consuming because they had a half hour slot and everything. But there was a man there standing with the suitcase who had the balls, who was going to put them into the slot to begin the lottery. And it was funny because he was wearing a really, really cool suit with a, with a plain black mask. And it was like, he looks like a badass, you know, like a secret agent. Like this is like top secret. It was really kind of a cool thing in that regard. But I did feel like it was a waste of time to be showing the balls. But again, I think Gary Bemmel was trying to show, oh, we're, you know, it's not rigged, blah, 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 you know, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so they started dropping the balls into the, into the lottery machine. And then they got to the Rangers one. And if you didn't watch it, you should go back and look. The guy who is in charge of putting the balls in the slot actually dropped prematurely the lottery ball for the Rangers in there. So, you know, is that a little bit like, you know, 
Is it rigged? No, I think that was just an accident and it was just kind of funny in a, in a way. I think it was hysterical considering, you know, what happened just two, three minutes later. But then after they put the eight balls in, the guy, the guy who's in charge of the balls took the controls like he's a madman, you know, like he's like executing someone. It looked really weird. You got to watch the, the whole thing to really see what I'm trying to talk about here. But, you know, he begins the machine and the balls start flying all over the place, right? They start going all over and it's like, this can't be rigged because clearly, you know, this is just going to be the luck of, of a ball going up. And prior, several hours before, um, I was talking to my good friend, Jimmy Finizzi, uh, one of the hosts of the Bottom Line podcast. He had put out a tweet saying, who do you think is going to win the draft lottery? I said what I hoped for, which I thought was the Minnesota Wild, and what did I think was going to happen because Gary Bettman was going to be the Rangers. So the balls kept going, going, and finally, guy stopped it. One of the balls shot up to the top, which is usually how it goes. And even before he could open that little window to show who it was, I could already see what logo it was, and it was the New York Rangers. So the New York Rangers, who finished the regular season, I believe the ninth seed, so just out of the top eight, ends up winning the draft lottery. And in a weird way, it's almost like, you know, they were the first team to get knocked out of the qualifying round. They were swept. They were basically swept. I think it was the only sweep in the, in the qualifying round. But yeah, they got swept. They really didn't show up that much. And their consolation for getting knocked out and being the first one to get knocked out was to get the first overall pick and the, and the Quebec, you know, French-Canadian star and Alexis Lafreniere. I'm a Devils fan, and obviously I'm annoyed, disappointed, and frustrated that my rival gets the first overall pick because last year in the 2019 NHL draft lottery, the New Jersey Devils got the, their second in the last three years, first overall pick, but the Rangers jumped 10 spots and selected second and ended up drafting Capo Caco. This year, they once again jumped 10 spots from 11 to number one. And is that fair? No, but unfortunately, sometimes that's how it goes. It really is. But you have to give credit where credit is due. I think Jeff Gordon and the Rangers franchise itself have done a very good job of rebuilding their team. They have a lot of very talented players. They brought in Artemi Panarin, who could very well possibly win the Hart Trophy as league MVP. Mika Zibanejad, who I've said I think is the best player on the Rangers overall. You have guys like Pavel Buchnevich. Chris Kreider, who's still very good. The second overall pick in last year's draft, Capo Kaku, who I thought was one of the two best players in the qualifying round, other than Philip Hedl. Ryan Strom's still pretty good. You know, their bottom six could use a little bit of work, but other than that, it's good. And, oh, by the way, you have a very talented goaltending tandem in Igor Shosturkin and Alexander Georgiev. So, you got that. The biggest piece of, you know, the biggest area of, you know, getting better is going to be the defense. I mean, Adam Fox is going to be one of your top two defensemen, no doubt. Jacob Truba, you brought in, you know, via free agency. Um, you know, Anthony D'Angelo as well could still, you know, you know, he definitely needs to start, you know, developing a little bit more. And, but so they still need to work on some defense. But it doesn't hurt when you have the first overall pick. And I believe the Rangers also have another first-round pick. I don't know where at the top of my head they have it, but they do have another pick first round pick in this draft so they have two so they are going to already add to a pool of talent uh 
a guy like Alexis Lafreniere, who is extremely, extremely talented. And so, as a Devils fan, like I said, disappointed, frustrated, annoyed, but also a little bit excited. And I'll explain why. The Devils have had two of the last three first overall picks. They, they got in 2017 when they drafted Nico Heischer, and they won last year in 2019 when they selected Jack Hughes. The Rangers got the second overall pick last year and selected Capo Caco, and now get Alexis Lafreniere with the number one overall pick this year. The Hudson River rivalry between the New York Rangers and New Jersey Devils, I think is starting to grow once more. We're going into that new generation now with young talent on both sides, maybe a little bit more talent on the Rangers side for right now. But if the Devils can start to perform better and some of their you know, prospects can start to develop a little bit more under new head coach Lindy Roth, you know, you could really have a, an action-packed rivalry for years to come between these two teams. And that's something that I'm excited for. It's going to be fun having four of those talented players playing in the New York, New Jersey area. Also with some very good talent in, in, on the Long Island as well. So, you know, New York, New Jersey hockey is going to be very, very fun and young to watch for a good amount of years to come. So that's very exciting. So in a way, I'm happy the Rangers got their overall pick because now they – you know, they've elevated themselves. They're going to help motivate the Devils to try to, you know, compete with them, especially because the Devils have three first-round picks this year, including number seven overall. So they got to start hitting on some guys as well. So I'm happy. Uh, talking to Jimmy Finizzi of, you know, Bottom Line Podcast, he's a Rangers fan. He is the only Rangers fan I know that is not happy about getting the first overall pick. And he made a relatively decent explanation why. You know, the Rangers, you kind of look at it and you say, where can you exactly put Lafreniere? Well, I know he can play wing, but he's definitely a more center. You know, he's definitely a center through and through. And you have Mika Zibanejad as your number one, and, and you're not moving him. Ryan Strom has, you know, definitely resurrected his career since coming from the Edmonton Oilers. Filipino is still very young and could potentially be, you know, eventually a top six centerman. And Brett Howden is, is okay. This could be a situation where maybe you have to move some guys in order to make this work, or, you know, maybe you put Filipino on the second line and you put Lafreniere on the third and you get even more favorable matchups and you can really help them along. You know, you could do something like that. I think it'll be interesting. And look, the NHL draft isn't until October. So we have about two months before anything happens. We still have to wait for the rest of the other teams to get eliminated. And obviously we have a Stanley Cup champion. And then we have to deal with the fact that the salary cap is staying where it is. So a lot of teams are going to have to move pieces anyway. So a lot's going to change between now and when we have the draft itself. Do I think the Rangers will most likely take Lafreniere? I think they will, unless they get some sort of a trade that blows them out of the, blows them, you know, off the boat, so to speak, as I like to say, you know, and pretty much, you know, helps them become very successful right now, you know, helps them take that next step to being a, Stanley Cup contender, but I think most likely they'll end up taking Alexis Lafreniere. I, I think that he's too good not to take, and he will help. And you know what's what's really interesting is that Lafreniere is going to a team that he doesn't have to be the savior or the franchise star player. He comes in as a depth piece, ladies and gentlemen. If he went to you know obviously the Rangers or the Penguins or the Oilers or the Maple Leafs, he's not the savior he's a depth piece he just adds more talent to a team that's already good so the rangers you know rebuild has certainly gone very well and jeff gordon i'm sure is very pleased 
with himself getting the second overall pick last year, getting the number one overall pick this year. Yeah, I mean, you got to give him credit where credit is due. A couple years ago, people wanted him out as the GM, but I think right now they'd like to hold on to him. So that's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens. But I, I want to give congratulations to some Rangers fans that I'm actually okay with. <laughs> um, not big fans of all of them, but – and I'm excited for Alexis Lafreniere to, to go to New York and, and play for an original six team and, and everything like that. So I'll definitely be seeing a lot of him over the next uh, 10 years, 10, 15 years, uh, while he plays for the red, white, and blue against my team in the red and black. So congratulations to the New York Rangers on winning the draft lottery, winning the Alexis Lafreniere sweepstakes. And, uh, you know, we'll be seeing Alexis Lafreniere in the uh, red, white, and blue in just a couple of months. So uh, it'll be interesting. So to wrap things up, basically, to finish up the top eight, I guess you want to say, top, top eight, of the draft lottery, we have New York Rangers number one, LA Kings at number two, Ottawa Senators from their pick from San Jose at three, Detroit, who had arguably one of the worst seasons in NHL history, dropped from one to four. The Ottawa Senators with their own pick are number five. The Anaheim Ducks at six. The New Jersey Devils are at seven. And the Buffalo Sabres at number eight. So... There we go. And that basically is, is how uh, this year's crazy 2020 draft lottery went. And uh, only in 2020 with something like having to have multiple phases of a draft lottery to determine who gets the first overall pick. You know, only this year could have something like that happen. But that's, uh, as they say, that, that's how the cookie crumbles, um, you know, in, in that situation. But again, congratulations to New York Rangers. And uh, we'll see what happens over the next couple of months. Now, the moment we've all been waiting for. It is time for another round of playoff hockey. Is now we begin the original, you know, Stanley Cup playoff format. Four series to win the Stanley Cup. Best of sevens. We're done with the qualifying round. We are down to the final 16. And we're going to go through each series. And I'm going to tell you who I think will come out on top in each of these series. I'm not going to go as far as who I think is going to make it you know, to the conference files and win the Stanley Cup. We're going to do this round by round. So we'll start with the first round, which begins in about an hour and a half with the game that I mentioned, Columbus versus Tampa Bay, a rematch of last year's first round. But we begin with the Eastern Conference. And we'll start with the number one seeded Philadelphia Flyers, who finished a perfect 3-0 in the round robin, will take on the 12th seeded Montreal Canadiens. Yes, the Montreal Canadiens did exactly what I predicted, what a lot of people expected, and that was to upset the Pittsburgh Penguins in four games and move on to the, to the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, the Flyers and Canadiens. I believe this is the first time since 2010 that these two teams have faced off against each other. The Canadiens were on a Cinderella run, kind of similar to this year, when they went to the conference finals and lost to the Flyers, who eventually went on to play in the cup final and lost to the Chicago Blackhawks in six games. But this is a rematch, and here's the thing. The Flyers are very good. This is a scary team. They, they definitely concern me a lot as a Devils fan and as a hockey fan in general. They concern me quite a bit. So I'm definitely interested to see if they can keep up the level of play that they've been able to. You know, particularly guys like Scott Lawton, um, Travis Konechny, guys like that. If they can continue to perform the way they've been performing, Watch out. 
Claude Giroux is still very solid. You know, you have Sean Couturier, Jakub Borchek, and you have a young, budding, goaltending superstar in Katahat. You know, he's get, he looked pretty good uh, in the round robin. You know, Brian Elliott seemed to turn back the clock a little bit and has been solid as well. And Elaine Vigneault, just like he did in Vancouver and with the Rangers, is uh, having this team play to an identity that is successful. And uh, can, can this Flyers team help him get that opportunity to finally win, you know, a Stanley Cup? Well, they got to go through Montreal first, who's coming on a lot, you know, on a big high, knocking off the Penguins, denying us of what, what, what might have been the Battle of Pennsylvania. But I don't think they would have ended up playing them. I'm not sure. But Canadians knocking out the Penguins in four, making everybody in the hockey world happy for a couple of days. But make no mistake about it, this is a hungry Canadians team that's looking at it and saying, why not? Why not us? Let's go out there. Let's try to make some noise. Let's make a run. You know, a lot of us thought we were going to end up being in the running to get the first overall pick, but now we're in the running to try to go win a Stanley Cup, so let's go do it. You know, we haven't won a cup since 1993. Let's, let's try to get the cup back into Canada and back to where it belongs in the most successful franchise in the history of the NHL and the Montreal Canadiens. And, uh, they're led by Carey Price, who I think is having so far his best season in the playoffs. This guy can steal games left and right like he did in the first round. No question about it. Shea Weber, I think that trade with, with Nashville, where the, the Canadians traded P.K. Subban uh, to Nashville for Shea Weber, I think it's kind of worked out for the Canadians. They've really done well with that. Uh, to, you know, Max Domi, who's fighting through you know diabetes and still playing, is doing a is doing a very solid job. Jonathan Druin, uh, Dale Weiss, you know, these, you know, uh, Kaka Niemi. I mean, they, they have a lot of young talent that can really surprise you. Um, and their defense is, is pretty solid as well. So, you know, the Flyers could definitely be up for an upset here. And uh, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, give me the Montreal Canadiens in six games. Yes, I think Montreal will continue to make this run to try to get to the Stanley Cup. And, I, and I'd actually kind of like to see Montreal, you know, win another Stanley Cup at some point. You know, I, they're an original six franchise. They're the most successful one of any franchise in the NHL. And it would be nice to see a Canadian team win the Stanley Cup. But give me Montreal knocking out the Flyers in six. Now we have Tampa versus Columbus. If any of you remember, last year, Tampa Bay was up 3-0 three, three in the first, at the end of the first period of game number one against the Blue Jackets in the first round. What happened after that is something that you can't really explain. Columbus came back and won that game and proceeded to win the next three and sweep the President's Trophy number one seeded Tampa Bay Lightning you know, out of the playoffs in the first round. Columbus is coming into the first round of this year after just beating the heavily favored home team, so to speak, Toronto Maple Leafs in one of the craziest series I've ever watched where for two games straight, we had a team that was down three, nothing in a game come all the way back and win the game in overtime and steal the game completely. It was a great series and the blue jackets shut out the Maple Leafs, not once, but twice a team with just as much scoring talent as Tampa Bay. And if you're the lightning, whether you want to admit it or not, this is probably the one team you didn't want to face in the next round because you know, the experience that, the Blue Jackets have, the confidence that they have, and you know John Torrell is going to push this team beyond its capabilities and be a very physical, defensive, you know, playoff hockey style type of team that's going to really try to wear down physically 
wear down the Tampa Bay Lightning. And if the Lightning's offense is not clicking like it was, like it wasn't last year, I like Columbus. And that's why I personally think Columbus Blue Jackets will win in six games. I think, you know, again, no home ice advantage, no crowds. There's not going to be very few distractions, but I think Columbus has been on such a high that I expect them to upset. I really do think that they are capable of doing it. They are a playoff-built team. Tampa Bay is a scoring-built team, and scoring four or five goals in a playoff series per game is not, is not possible. It's not going to happen. because And it's proven countless years before in the Stanley Cup playoffs that that, that stuff just doesn't happen. So with that being said, give me – the Columbus Blue Jackets to win in six games in this first round. Now we have the New York Islanders versus the Washington Capitals. This won't be relatively quick. Um, you know, the Islanders' biggest thing is can they score? Can they score a little bit more than they, than they usually do? Can guys like Matt Barzell and Andrews Lee step up? Uh, for the Capitals, it's going to be can Brandon Holpe get back to that 2018 playoff form where he starts stealing some games? If he's that good, the, the Capitals should have uh, very little – very little problems with the Islanders. Um, I think the only thing that's going to be, that's going to keep the Islanders uh, going in this series is going to be Varlamov continuing to play the way he's been playing. Now he gets a chance to play against his former, his former team in the Washington Capitals. It's going to be a very, very motivating thing for, for Semyon Varlamov. And I'm excited to see that. But with that being said, I think the Capitals are going to win and I'm going to have them winning in seven. I think this is going to be a series that's going to go back and forth. You're going to have some high-scoring games, some low-scoring games, some situations where the goalie makes a big-time save to win you a hockey game. But I think in the end, the Capitals are just a little bit better, and they're going to find a way to win this series in seven. The last series in the Eastern Conference first round is the Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes, a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals, where the Bruins swept aside the, the Carolina Hurricanes to go on to the Stanley Cup Finals. The Hurricanes were riding on, you know, a Cinderella run the year before, knocking off in seven games in overtime the defending cup champs at the time, the Washington Capitals, and then sweeping away the New York Islanders in round two before getting reverse sweeped in the, sec, in the Eastern Conference Finals, excuse me, against the Boston Bruins. Hurricanes have had the most time off since they swept aside the New York Rangers in the qualifying round, which I'm sure the Rangers are now big fans of the Hurricanes, considering what happened to them less than 24 hours ago. But the Carolina Hurricanes, they're a tough, gritty team. Rob Brindamore has built this team around the way he was, you know, he played back in the day. And I, I, I like Carolina. I think that they can pull off an upset, but I don't think they will. I have Boston winning in seven games. Again, I think this will be a back and forth series. Boston is not fully healthy and not fully playing at the level that they're capable of, but hopefully once they get going with this series, I think that they'll, they'll as the series progress, they'll just get back to playing the way that they're capable of playing. So, with that being said, Montreal, Columbus, Washington, Boston are my picks out of the Eastern Conference to move on to the Final Four of the Eastern Conference playoffs of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Now we'll move on to the Western Conference. Some really intriguing matchups here, ladies and gentlemen. Some really, really intriguing matchups. First of all, you have the number one seeded Vegas Golden Knights, who also finished undefeated in the, in the round robin, I guess you want to call it, round robin um, for them, taking on the Chicago Blackhawks. 
Oh boy, this is interesting because Vegas with their first with, with Pete DeBoer as their head coach who has shown in two other stints with other teams that in his first year he usually takes them to the cup final, you could very well say, hey, he could do it a third time. Maybe he will. You know, who knows? Vegas is now in its third year of existence. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year. They were up three games to one in the first round against the San Jose Sharks last year, blew that lead, had a 3-0 lead in game four, blew that, tied the game, forced overtime, and then lost in overtime to completely collapse and get knocked out embarrassingly in the first round by their, I guess you could call it rival, San Jose Sharks. Um, so Vegas has a lot to prove going into this. Uh, I think this is probably, of the three years so far, this is the best overall team that the Golden Knights have had. And I think the biggest reason is because Shea Theodore has developed into a guy that in another year or two could be a Norris Trophy winning defenseman. Certainly one of, going to be one of the top five defensemen for years to come. He has developed tremendously since going to Sin City. And then you have, you know, and then you have guys like Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, uh, Stastny, William Carlson, you know, Alex Tuck. You have guys that, you know, have a lot of experience immediately going deep into the playoffs and making noise. And so Vegas is no longer going to be this team that, like, is going to make it on a miracle run. Now they're a legitimate playoff Stanley Cup competitive team. Now they have high expectations. They're going to have a lot of expectations going into this now, you know, Stanley Cup playoffs because they have an opportunity in just their third season to possibly go win Lord Stanley's Cup and bring it to Las Vegas. And that would be pretty remarkable to say the least. But they're taking on a team that three of five years won the Stanley Cup. He's been arguably the most successful team in the last decade. And an original six foe with guys like Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith, Alex Dabrinkit. You have, you know, you have other guys like Adam Boquist, Nylander, Dominic Kubalik, who I think has a very legitimate shot of winning the Calder Trophy as the rookie of the year. He is really good. And a five-point game in his first game in the playoffs, technically. And he was consistent throughout, especially also with Jonathan Taze. You're going up against a very talented veteran team that has a lot of experience winning Stanley Cups and being this good consistently. Corey Crawford, if he can remain healthy, he can win you some games like he did in, in, that, in, the, in the final game against uh, Edmonton. So, it, you know, it could very well be that way. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, Give me the Chicago Blackhawks in seven games. That's right. I have the Blackhawks moving on to the second round. I think experience in this case is going to win out. I think that the Blackhawks have this mentality of why not us? Nobody thought we would get past the first round beating Edmonton. We did. Now, you know, hey, look, we have very little expectations if we get knocked out. You know, it's not embarrassing to us. Everything we do now is gravy. Let's go out there and let's try to give ourselves a chance to go win a Stanley Cup. We, we don't have a home ice advantage, and neither do they. We don't have any fans, neither do, it, neither do they. Let's go out and do it. Let's go out and try to go, you know, win this whole dang thing. And I think Chicago is going to find a way. I really do think that. Then you have Colorado and Arizona. Colorado's led by arguably, in my opinion, the, the MVP of the league in, in Nathan McKinnon. He's the only one of the three nominees that's left in the playoffs. And I know that people don't talk about that that much. But at the same time, I still think, I still think that, you know, 
it should count. And that's why I think Nathan McKinnon, because even in the playoffs already, Nathan McKinnon has shown that he is the real, you know, he definitely is the best player in the NHL this year, hands down, in my opinion. But you have guys like Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog, Nazem Kadri, which job well done by Joe Sackick to make that move where he had to give up Tyson Berry and Alex Kerfoot, where people thought, oh, Nazem Kadri's going to do nothing. Well, he's become a very good, very good piece for the Colorado Avalanche. And he had that really big moment against the St. Louis Blues where he scored with literally one-tenth of a second left in a you know, round-robin game, but it was a great game nonetheless. You know, you have Jonas Donskoy, who I think, it, who I think is just a, a very underrated player that can get you big-time goals when you need them. Um, you know, they have a solid defense. Their goaltending, particularly Philip Grubauer, if he could play like he was playing last year in the playoffs, you never know. Because, again, they were one win or so away from going to the conference finals last year. So this is the team that's on the rise that a lot of people, especially in the Vegas odds, want to pick to go win the Cup. And they could very well make some noise. They can very well make a long run. I think that they're capable. I think they're prepared for it. And then with the Arizona Coyotes, they had an interesting series. You know, they beat the Nashville Predators, a team that I'm sure people thought Nashville was going to win that series. But, you know, led by guys like former New Jersey Devil Taylor Hall, Phil Kessel, you know, Dvorak, Clayton Keller, Darcy Kemper, you know, Oliver ekman Larson, they were able to pull off another one of the handful of upsets that we saw in the qualifying round. This is a team that you can't really figure out that much. You can't say, like, you know, where exactly are they in, in, you know, with regards to their development and things like that. And, you know, it's just a funny thing. They could steal some games. Darcy Kemper, if he's really on point, he's really on his game like he was before he got hurt in the regular season and even in the playoffs so far. You really got to sit there and say, you like your chances. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I have another upset. Give me Arizona in seven games. I think Arizona has the capability. I think if they steal a game, and what I mean by steal is that maybe a game that they were getting outplayed or something and they don't, and, they, and, and you know, they, they end up winning anyway, that could be a, a momentum swing in, in that sense uh, for that. But give me the Arizona Coyotes winning in seven games in that one. So the next series I want to talk about is between the Dallas Stars and the Calgary Flames. This one is kind of easy for me. I have Calgary winning in five, and primarily because Dallas, through their three round-robin games, they really struggled to score. It just doesn't seem like they're really, you know, cohesive, and, you know, their chemistry doesn't seem to be fully there. And I think that, you know, Calgary is just going to be a lot more physical than Dallas. I think that's going to end up being the difference. I think they're going to get slowed down because they're a little bit older. Some of the older guys that they have on that team, I think Calgary is going to – you know, have a lot of momentum now that they knocked out Winnipeg. They have just as good of a chance as anybody, and they're like, you know what, let's go do it. And I think the Flames are going to win this series in five. I didn't want to make a big deal, but I think the, the deciding factor is going to be Matthew Kachuk banging the body and getting some crucial goals here and there. You know, he's an all-around player that can do basically everything, and I think he's going to be the difference maker in that series. And last but not least, you have the defending Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues, taking on the Vancouver Canucks. St. Louis Blues, they have pretty much the majority of their entire team from last year's cup, cup-winning team. Jordan Bennington and net. You have Alex Pareko, you know, Alex Petrangelo. You have Vladimir Tarasenko back, who looks like he's starting to get his game back. Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron, you know, Robert Thomas. You know, guys that can really come, you know, really step up. And they're a team that 
it doesn't have to be the main guys. It could just be guys that you don't expect. They have a lot of guys that could just step up when you really, really need them to. And uh, Craig Berube has done a fine job since taking over as head coach for the St. Louis Blues. A fine job. And he definitely deserves a lot of success that he's had, you know, in his short time so far being with the St. Louis Blues. And they're taking on a Vancouver team who had one of the more entertaining series, I think, even though it didn't go the distance, one of the more entertaining series against uh, the Minnesota Wild in their play in their playing round against, you know, Vancouver. And and I and that was really, really a um a really interesting series to watch. Uh, the way it ended was was even more surprising. You know, 11 seconds into overtime, Vancouver scores. But uh, Vancouver's on the up and up. You have a lot of young talent that that could be that if the chemistry is there, is going to be successful for years to come. Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser. You know, you have um, Brock Holt. You have you know other guys. You have Tyler Toffoli, who I'm sure they're going to try to keep. Uh, long term, Jakob Markstrom, who I think is one of the more one of the least talked about goalies in the playoffs, that can really, you know, have some solid games. He might give up a goal or two, but he's always going to keep his team in it. They didn't, no, usually you don't score four or five goals on him a lot, so I think that there's that you know possibility that he could do that. And you know, it's just going to be an interesting series. I think it's going to be physical, uh, but I think skill is going to prevail a lot more in that series. And with that being said, I. I'm, I want to go with Vancouver in seven games. Give me Vancouver in seven games. I think we're going to have a bunch of upsets like we saw in the qualifying round. And, uh, you know, it's 2020. Why not? Let's have a little bit of fun. I don't mind being wrong. It doesn't bug me. I like sometimes doing it because usually if you're right, you know, you, you kind of feel a little you, – you kind of feel like you're, you're a little bit taller than some other people that just took the, the easy pick, so to speak. But, uh, but yeah, so – in the Western Conference, Chicago, Arizona, Calgary, and Vancouver. So I have, in total, the Canadians, Blue Jackets, Capitals, Bruins, Blackhawks, Coyotes, Calgary Flames, and Vancouver Canucks all advancing to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So that is my Stanley Cup playoff first round prediction, preview, whatever you want to call it. And with that being said, that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Mofobo Network podcast. As always, thank you guys so much. We're taking a listen today. Uh, if you guys really enjoyed this, you know, make sure you subscribe and, and give me a five-star rating on, you know, wherever you guys listen to this podcast, whether it's on Anchor or Spotify, please do. Just search my name, Neil Villapiano or Mofobo Network, and you will find it. And you can check out all the episodes we've done. This is episode 34 of our first season of Mofobo Network. So definitely go check that out. Uh, we have a YouTube channel as well. Uh, and before I say that, I would say that with the podcast, we post new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, but we have a YouTube channel that we post a new video every single Wednesday, just like the podcast. I wasn't able to post anything last week, but I'm going to post something this week. It's going to be a little bit interesting. We have somebody coming on, and I, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Was, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I can almost guarantee you that. But we post new video on the YouTube channel every single Wednesday. Um, and you know, it's just Mofobo Network presents. You can search that or search my name and you'll find Mofobo Network and you can see all the videos that I've done so far. So make sure you like and subscribe to that. So I continue to, just like here on the podcast, give you guys a lot of good content on the up and give you guys the up to the date on the biggest sports topics going on in the world of sports right now. We have a Facebook page 
that allows you to keep up to date with new podcasts and YouTube episodes. So if you go check out Mofobo Network um, on the on Facebook, you can you know like and uh, subscribe to it, and you can stay up to date when I post new episodes that you can check out every single week. So please go check that out as well. I also have a Devils, a New Jersey Devils podcast called Devils State of Mind. It is, a, it is the New Jersey Devils-based podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We post a new episode every single Monday, so we posted a new one this past week where I interviewed former National Hockey League goaltender Jonas Hiller, who played for both the Anaheim Ducks and Calgary Flames, and also for his native country of Switzerland in three different Olympic games. It was a lot of fun, and uh, please go check that out. We have a website, Devils State. You can just go to hockeypodcastnetwork.com and you can see not only Devil's State of Mind, but all the podcasts of every single team that we, that we have. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of great characters and hosts on there. We, we always have fun talking about the sport. We're talking about the playoffs right now, and we're all just big hockey fans and big fans of our team. So please go check it out. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, iTunes, anywhere you listen to podcasts, just search, just search Hockey Podcast Network and you will find it. And just check out Devil's State of Mind if you want to hear more of my beautiful voice. So please go check that out. We have a Twitter account for the podcast at Devil State, an Instagram at Devil's State of Mind, and a Facebook page at Devil's State of Mind, just like Mofobo, where you can stay up to date with new episodes that we post every single Monday. And last but certainly not least. Go check out my book on Amazon.com right now or also on Barnes & Noble, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 which is a book about the pain and suffering of being a Jets fan. It goes through all the painful memories since Super Bowl III. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, or if you, just, if you know somebody who's one of those or if you just want to support me, please go check it out on Barnes & Noble or Amazon. It's for the price of $19.69 on hardcover and ebook. And if you're a Jets fan or a football fan, you probably figured out why I chose that specific price. So please go check that out. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear from you guys. But once again, thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Mofobo Network Podcast. And we will see you in the next episode. Everyone, as I say all the time, please continue to be safe out there with, with the, the COVID 19 situation still a very big presence in, in our everyday lives. Continue to wear a mask, practice social distancing, wear gloves, do whatever you can to protect yourself, your loved ones, and just everybody else in general as we try to flatten the curve and eventually find a vaccine so we can really start to open things up completely once again. So please continue to be safe. Thank you so much to all the essential workers out there and also all the, the protesters and people who post things on social media to continue to fight certain things, whether it's this pandemic or, you know, we're trying to, you know, really emphasize that, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, everything that we're, we're trying to promote and trying to make the world a better place, I'm all for it. So thank you to everybody who continues to push those things because without you guys, we wouldn't be in the position that we are in right now. So thank you to all of you people out there, you guys, mean the world to me and everyone else. Thank you to everyone who listened today. And before I go, and I haven't said this in a while, but I'll say it here. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what hardships you might be dealing with, no matter what painful things you might be experiencing, just remember when you wake up in the morning to kick some 
Mofobo. So thank you guys very much, and God bless.